a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. What's your question for Governor Herbert? Call 801-575-8255. This is Let Me Speak to the Governor. And thank you so much for joining us today for Let Me Speak to the Governor. I'm Maria Shaleos, along with Governor Gary Herbert. You can also text us your questions at 57500. We have John on the line. And John, what is your question for the governor today? Governor, thank you. First of all, thank you for your service to the state of Utah. My question goes back to the uh, homeless situation. I was born and raised in Salt Lake. Never in my 50 years have I been able to use Pioneer Park and the Rio Grande area and feel safe and comfortable. First of all, why is it taking so long? We've gotten to this point of so much lawlessness, lawlessness and crime. Why is it taking so long? Second is, what is your three-month plan to, to change this? I understand that the shelter's got to be moved, long-term plans. There's got to be law enforcement. There's got to be um, people not prohibited to, to camp in that, in that park. And number three is, I think, putting homeless shelters into a bedroom community, several bedroom communities, is a huge mistake. There needs to be some type of a shelter that is money possibly donated by those of means that is out of bedroom communities. Well, help me remember the the three questions here. Uh, uh, and let me just tell you, why is it taking so long? Um, you know, the lead on this is the local governments. I mean, this is not unique to Salt Lake. We certainly have the same kind of situation in other cities in the state of Utah. Uh, we certainly see this as a kind of a growing problem in uh, other major metropolitan areas around the country. A drug addiction, the opioid crisis, which is re, is labeled a crisis, which is part of the problem in these inner city pr- uh, issues, uh, is a big part of it. And, you know, I think things kind of, the pendulum swings back and forth. You think things are being worked on and being uh, handled satisfactorily. But they have not been, and, and the crime, the violent crime continues to, to grow. Uh, and so... Uh, I guess there's a time when when the population at large is upset, the representatives react, and that's certainly what happened. The Speaker of the House has taken a, an issue, this issue on here starting a year ago. He brought it to a, kind of a, a, a higher profile. I recognized that in my State of the State address and said that we need to recognize that the state has a role to play here, not just Salt Lake City or not just Salt Lake County. And so that's led to this collaboration, and I'm glad that we have come together. It's uh, sometimes for most people out of sight, out of mind. If you don't live in that area and don't see that area, uh, you probably think everything's uh, fine. But but we recognize that it's not fine, and we need to make improvements. So the process is going to be you've got to start by stopping the crime. Uh, we want to make sure that people are not confused and thinking homelessness is the same thing as lawlessness. It's not. 
there's certainly some corollaries there. But uh, we understand the humanity of the people there. We want to make sure that people's civil rights are going to be respected. And we want to mainly help those people who are willing to help themselves. And so we're going to be developing some programs, in fact, to help those who maybe don't have skills to get a job but are able-bodied. Maybe those who are drug addiction uh, problems, substance abuse, uh, see what we can do to help get them into treatment. We've designed drug courts to do that very thing. And so we're going to utilize those at a greater level. So we hope to improve people's lives and help them to help themselves. We are talking about providing job opportunities where people are going to be asked in exchange for the treatment and the help and shelter and food to do some work. It may be more meaningful labor, but uh, as they develop skills, it can be more meaningful labor. But we're going to say there's a dignity that comes and self-respect that comes with work. And we're going to see if we can't help people get work and have a productive day of, of working and serving people who are paying their bills for them. Uh, I think that's an important aspect of it. But it's got to start with getting rid of the criminal aspect there, those who are preying on these vulnerable people, the the drug pushers and others, those who are robbing people. We see all kinds of crime that's taking place there. That's got to stop. So that's got to be the first emphasis. And when you arrest people, when you take them off the street, there's got to be a place to put them. Again, I've suggested Oxbow may be a great place for us to invest some money and utilize that uh, resource. Thirdly, you talked about, you know, where do you put people? And if you're going to not have them all concentrated in one area here of downtown Salt Lake, which you've indicated has been a challenge for for many, many, many years, the question is where do you put them? Uh, That's been a challenge I think the city and the county have tried to address. Uh, It's kind of one of those things where nobody wants them in their backyard, and yet we know we've got to put them someplace. And um, how we put them and how we house them, what we do with them while they're there is as important. Uh, putting them in bedroom communities is uh, certainly not the best choice. It may be the, uh, n- not the only choice. I don't know. That's something that is being done by the city and the county as far as location. The state has a role to play. We don't want to trample on the rights of the local government elected by the people with their zoning ordinances and and where they're going to house these people and where they're going to have these homeless shelters. The state's been working very closely with uh, the communities. And we have, in fact, had great success in reducing chronic homelessness. Uh, not just homeless itself, but chronic homelessness where we have generational problems. That We've done a good uh, job in reducing that by nearly 50%. Um, it's a complex issue. It's it's an emotional one. Uh, I think we are turning the corner on it after our meeting of yesterday. I'm anxious to see what we can do over these next six months to a year, but I think we can certainly improve the situation throughout the state, and certainly we can clear up the problem here in the Rio Grande area in Pioneer Park. John, did he answer all of your questions? Yes, I appreciate that. All right, John. Uh, like I say, uh, Pioneer Park is a, is a jewel that's just waiting to be polished, so I, I look forward to any success with that. Well, I'm going to invite you to come down and play tennis <laughs> with me in a I year. I would love to. All right, John, thanks for your call today. Governor, one of our first text questions is, uh, you were talking about water and increasing water rates to get people to conserve, and this uh, obviously coming from a farmer who's wondering if you plan to raise the rates for farmers as well. You know, it's yet to be determined. Uh, Again, what we don't want to do is have waste of water. And agriculture water has been subsidized by the taxpayer for good and noble purposes because we want to have a healthy agricultural, agricultural business environment throughout the state of Utah. 
for me, I'd like to think that Utah can be self-supporting in all of our areas, which means providing our own food, our own energy, having a, a healthy, diverse economy in the state of Utah. So we don't want to do anything that's going to make it tough on the farmer, but we do need to make sure that we're being priced fairly. And that's kind of an equity situation. We will get recommendations, I think, will come from our experts in water. And that will certainly have input from our agricultural interests out there. And then eventually we'll have to decide, is there a policy change that needs to occur to make sure there's equity and fairness in how we price water? At the end of the day, first is conservation. Second is develop additional water sources as we have the opportunity. That's going to cost some money. And uh, the best thing for us to do is to save. Uh, that's the easiest way to spread the water is to, is to conserve and not use as much. But we're going to have to have some development, too. So I think the pricing will help us conserve. We have about 30 seconds to our bottom of the hour news. Uh, so I'm going to take one more of these text questions. Um, this person asking, is um, the Hearing Protection Act, how is the Hearing Protection Act going? And is there any way that we can push it forward? The Hearing Protection Act. I'm not sure what that is, Governor, other than uh, something that is aimed at protecting people in commerce. I'm not sure. I, 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 I think we're going to have to get back to that question. We need a little more clarification on here. Are we talking about court hearings? No, I'm, I don't believe so. I believe ear hearing. I believe it's ear hearing, <laughs> but we're going to get some clarification from our texter Maybe on that. Maybe it has kind of OSHA And get kind back of a to thing. that. Okay, so let's go to our next caller. We have Alan in Ogden. Hi, Alan. Excuse me. Let me make sure Alan's potted up here. Alan, hi. Go ahead with your question. Uh, yes, Governor. I just had a question. It's kind of uh, actually listening to you. I've come up with a new question and it's in relation to jobs and affordability. Um, I think one of the problems in Utah is that we have a really low unemployment rate, but we have a very high underemployment rate. And when I look at the cost of housing and what it's doing, I don't know how uh, people with a basic menial job without skills or even a touted manufacturing job in Utah, which pays 8 9 10 12 bucks an hour, can afford housing at this rate. What can the state do to bring in quality jobs that increase the living wage? Um, it's, it's, it's interesting because if you look at someone making between 8 to 10 bucks an hour, their, their quality of life isn't much different than someone on public assistance. And yet they spend the whole time of their, you know, most of their day away from their family, you know, working a job that maybe they don't like uh, to get to get nowhere. In fact, oftentimes they, they get further mm-hmm. and further behind. So uh, how can you increase? That? Well, the, great question and certainly uh, one that's uh, a reflection of what is happening in the marketplace. And so clearly. We want to have high-paying jobs here in Utah and, and economic opportunity for people. Generally speaking, as you look at how much people get paid, it's, there's a correlation between that and their education levels, their training, their skills. We're having a significant emphasis on getting skills to our young people, our students, as they become college and career ready to go on and, in fact, get skills that align up with the demands of the marketplace. For example, if you are an engineer, there is just hundreds of opportunities out there for you now on a very good, high-paying job basis if you have that kind of education and skill. Uh, If you're just a blue-collar worker, those jobs are, in fact, not paying much money, and uh, consequently, you'll be relegated to a lower-paying income. During the Great Recession, those that had college degrees and advanced education, the unemployment rate never exceeded 5% during the Great Recession, the worst economic times in the history of our state since the Great Depression. 
If you had a high school diploma, uh, it was about 10% unemployment. And if you had less than a high school diploma, it was about 15% unemployment. A direct correlation. Our economy is expanding and is diversified. The good news is our household income is about 13th or 14th highest in the nation, which means our incomes are going up. Our personal income growth is about 5.4%. So income is going up on a personal basis, too. So we are bringing in much better and higher paying jobs and economic opportunity when we have people outside of Utah that look at us and say the economy is the healthiest, the most diverse in America today is in Utah. I mean, something is going right. It's not perfect, and we're not going to rest on our laurels. I'm very concerned about uh, parts of rural Utah and the lack of economic opportunity. But the the trend, the direction of, of salaries is going up. The economic opportunity is there in a significant way. Our GDP is growing at twice the national average. We are lifting people out of poverty in Utah better than any state in America. Our poverty rates in Utah are half the national average. So, again, all the data, the statistics show a healthy, growing economy of economic opportunity. And people, in fact, have upward mobility better in Utah than any place in America. Newsweek magazine's written about this. Bloomberg News has written about this. Forbes has written about this. Uh, the New Yorker magazine's written about upward mobility. The American dream is better in Utah than any place in America today. So those are good news things. Uh, it's getting better. It's getting improvement. And, and I expect that we'll continue to be a very healthy economy going forward. And you were listening to Let Me Speak to the Governor on KSL News Radio. We're going to break for our bottom of the hour news. You can call us at 57, excuse me, text us at 57500 or call us at 575 8255.